to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Welcome, listener, to the Big Red Couch. This week's edition, post-Gen Con, post-near-travel disaster, is the very appropriate. Aliens have landed at Gen Con, and only stalwart games can defeat them. Submitted by our very own John Rio. And helping me once more with this prompt is my equally stalwart co-host Craig, back from Gen Con and stuff. So much stuff. Hi Craig. Hello. I'm back. More or less alive. Mostly intact. With all of the internal organs and parts thereof that I left the country with and with no extra orifices. Apart from some, apart from some tubing, you're 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 pretty much complete. Indeed, there there was a lot of tubing involved. Indeed, and well, yeah, true. You got you got some you got some. Fr- um, I won't say free, but some um, bonus tubing out of for a little while. But yes, n- none that you um, needed to hang on to for longer than was uh, absolutely necessary. So this has already become macabre and disgusting. So we're doing great. Oh yeah. <laughs> Though it does allow me to um, add possibly the, the strangest Gen Con recommendation I think I will ever make. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, to, to the list when we get to that point. <laughs> so, would you like to recount your uh, tale of woe in, in Indiana? Or should we tantalize our listeners with some um, RPG bullshit first? <sighs> should we get the tale of woe out of the way? I figured that would it would give you it probably give some context to the various horrible ideas you've had, and we'll, yeah. we can move on from there. So, regale us with your tale of intestinal fortitude or lack thereof. Indeed, the punchline is acute diverticulitis of the sigmoid colon with contained perforation. Ah, uh, sigmoid and the sea monsters, my favourite <laughs> TV show from the seventies. Yeah, I did not realise how medical that show was at the time. Mm. You don't notice these things, a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's like the subtle political commentary in The Princess Bride. It just goes right over your head as a kid. You only notice it as an adult. It's just one of those things. Though, so, you know, we, we we could have picked the weird blobby monsters to actually be, you know, internal organs at some point. But that's fair enough. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> what that basically means is that the sigmoid colon, which is the bit that comes after the Descending colon developed out pouchings, little little pockets, effectively. One of those got inflamed and infected, and indeed that happened so much that it ruptured. So now the stuff that is sitting inside the aforementioned colon, uh, plus all of the various byproducts of infection, were now leaking into the rest of the abdomen. And let me guess, that sucked. Oh yeah, that's 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 what they called bad from a medical point of view. The the bright spot, as it were, was that the area was sufficiently inflamed that it couldn't go anywhere. Uh, so yeah, you, you got to look for the silver lining, and the silver lining in this case was some level of containment that meant that they didn't have to sort of pressure wash the inside of my gut and, and also your uh, your abdomen because at this Indeed. point, yeah, 
It's basically viscera cleanup detail. The, um, <laughs> the oh, real a life little version. bit. Sort of yeah. sim- similar, similar sort of circumstance, though I suspect a little bit smaller in volume than a a blown appendix. Mm, mm. Is my understanding. I did. Well, I started to feel a bit iffy on the weekend of Gen Con. Mm. I had put it down to hot weather, not drinking enough. Frankly appalling con diet questionable life choices questionable life choices um i i had put it down to that and had taken some painkillers and thought it was going to be fine uh and then at about 2 a.m on the monday after gen con when woken up by horrifying stabbing pains realized that it was not in fact going to be fine uh and that i needed to go and see a doctor it was probably near the near the surface of your mind that you were in america which has the most advanced medical system in the world i mean their medical billing is really good <laughs> it's down, down, down to the femtocent yes <laughs> and to to be fair the actual the actual medical treatment was very very good mm. i had the very good fortune of uh, having a having a number of friends in in indianapolis uh, my my friend frank when I said I needed to see a doctor, basically picked me up from my hotel. He had already taken a look and decided which hospital to take me to based on whether they were going to have any problem whatsoever with the idea that I'm not an American citizen. And indeed, are they a good hospital? Which is, I guess, makes now the point that I give a shout out to both Frank. Thank you, Frank. Indeed. Uh, Thank you so very, very very much yes indeed frank frank gets our stalwart gamer award for yeah basically helping a gamer in need that's 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 actually amazing so indeed frank in fact stayed with me the entire day so that kind of messed up his monday to be honest because he's basically hanging around in hospital while i have various tubes shoved into me and um, and, and that's not as much fun as it sounds <laughs> That's that's not as much fun as it sounds. Yeah. Also, a shout-out to uh, Kevin, who also swung by to keep me company, and indeed go and pick up my stuff, along with Frank, from the hotel, once it became clear that there was no way in hell I was going to be making checkout the next morning, because I was still going to be in the hospital. Attached by adhesive tape and tubing to various parts of the hospital. That is correct. And also a shout out to Tom, who basically knocked off work and came in to just say hi and see how I was doing and generally keep keep me company for a couple of hours, which was really, really nice. Because uh, being in hospital sucks. It, yes, absolutely. The Well, okay, the one time I was in hospital and it didn't suck, I, were, I was going to have my, had my appendix required to be removed and I was out of my good on morphine. Right. <laughs> the is this morphine? Well, it's bloody lovely yes. experience. This is this is the best holiday I have ever had. I have a very very distinct memory of thinking about getting a glass of water and then imagining the the process and the whole how cool and and delicious and refreshing the water would be because I'd been on intravenous line for a couple of days and then Sometime later, realised I had enjoyed the experience of anticipating the water so much, I had not actually got the fucking water. <laughs> yep. Everything was just a little wonky. And yes, I that was my don't do drugs kids moment, because I thought, 
Yeah. I'm glad they keep this in large buildings, um, protected by medical staff. This, this feels like a bad thing to have floating around in the community, as it were. Well, bad for me. <laughs> I, I don't want to call judgment on anyone else, but I can see where the, this could cause problems. Mm. So, yes, that was, that was alarming. <laughs> yes, so I will, I will give at this point a shout-out to Eskenazi Health, who did not bat an eye at me handing over a UK passport as my ID. Did all of the medical things that one might expect them to do picked up that what I had assumed was just some sort of infection um, infection was a little bit more serious than that and took really good care of me. Yeah, and you know that sort of expertise is kind of what you look for. Um, you're, you've documented your 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 time in the ER and so forth quite extensively on your own blog, and we will link that through. It sounds like the. Um, you may have been there on a relatively quiet on oh, it was it was pretty busy but um they were prepared for things to go down this was the well it was my first time in an american hospital mm. it was my first time seeing an emergency room or an emergency ward where some of the rooms had cell doors on them mm. uh because this hospital does take anyone uh even the combative, or indeed incarcerated. Yeah. I did see somebody being walked back to his cell by a, a a group of policemen of varying degrees of unimpressedness being told, we can't have you wandering around, brah. Yeah, well, medical, necessary medical attention is, is a human right, and I'm glad they're taking precautions while providing that sort of stuff. Then, yeah, because... Yeah, I've only been in the in ERs in New Zealand occasionally, but they're, for the most part, relatively quiet. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm sure they have their moments, but yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty open plan and mostly designed for ease of moving beds and patients and so forth. So yeah, the idea that parts of them are, parts of them are locked down is pretty exciting. Yeah, also, choice... Yeah. Strictly speaking, it's it's not very capitalist of me, but the idea of having choices of of hospitals that are not dictated by immediate proximity seems weird. It admittedly wasn't anything I had thought of, so I'm very glad Frank did. Yeah, no, no, that's it. The local knowledge will um, save you a lot of bother, it seems. So yeah, yeah that, that's okay. So that our first story of somewhat alien, if internal invaders being defeated by. St- by stalwart gamers, not least of which is your immune system there. Uh-huh. Aided and abetted by a large amount of intravenous antibiotics. Hey, take the stat boosts where you can. <laughs> oh yeah, got to go with those buffs. Yeah, indeed. those buffs. Indeed. So that, that's good. we're going to have to work pretty hard to top this this first tale of um, stalwart gamerdom. And I actually appreciate stalwart kind of like one of those words that saying repeatedly is probably means you're a role-playing gamer. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those ones that there's a certain bunch of synonyms and so forth that fantasy gaming, probably Gary Gygax himself, dragged back into the uh, into the vocabulary pool. Yeah, I think gaming or a real interest in 18th and 19th century literature. I'm not going to say I'd say that's not going to go mainstream, but actually actually role playing games are a lot closer at this point. Yeah, you know words like dexterity and abjuration. Abjuration, Dwemer hasn't really come back, but there was always a terrible word. 
Yeah, I mean, nobody knew how to pronounce it anyway. Yeah, true, true. It's like drow or whatever that is, but... <laughs> Yeah, but no, 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 I appreciate that. That's one of the things I always liked about role playing games, and cool. So that was that was heartwarming, if bell, um, inflaming. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yes, I I got very lucky with this one. It did get bombed flat with antibiotics. Uh, if that hadn't worked, but it hadn't been too bad, the next option would have been a a drain, which, as near as I can tell, is we provide a path for the crap that shouldn't be in there to leak out and then catch it on its way. And the worst case option basically involves me coming back with less intestine than I started with and probably a bag attached to my side to uh, poop into for six months. Yes, you get a a T-junction installed somewhere and, well, so I'm sure they have good advice about, if not exercises, dietary choices that will, will help you in the future. So I hope that is uh, so you're recovering well and that doesn't impinge too uh, grossly on your hardcore gamer lifestyle it shouldn't be too bad but yes the, the the general indication was hey a more vegetarian diet probably not the worst thing in the world <laughs> um, lay off those ball bearings <laughs> yeah stop, stop eating the stop eating light bulbs um that's yeah yeah i i, I do not mind saying Getting severely unwell, well, anywhere is scary. In a foreign country, gets scarier. Yeah. is This could have been a lot worse. If it had struck a couple of days later, I would have been completely by myself doing tourist things in New York, and my selection of hospital would have been based on staggering down to the hotel reception and asking them how the hell I see a doctor. Th- that might have worked out, but I'm glad that it, it worked out as well as it did. Me too. So anyway, um, shall we shall we go on with our alleged episode? Indeed, indeed. So you may have had more or less inspiration due to your uh, your predicament. Uh, I, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I've come up with what I'd like to think is a fairly interesting idea, though it is bound to be horribly. Um, it, it does lean on stereotypes a little bit. So that's okay. Stereotypes <laughs> exist for a reason. So that we don't have to think very hard. No, wait, that's the wrong reason. Indeed. <laughs> no, no, you said the quiet bit out loud. <laughs> mm. Well, do... I, I've unfortunately done my usual trick of coming up with an idea and a bit. That's fine, that's fine. Do you want to go first? So, yes, I did come up with an idea. Um, and it's functionally what it says on the tin. How am I doing so far? <laughs> uh, you haven't sung my battleship yet, but uh, there is some suspense. Vicious smoke on the horizon. Yeah, there are some worrying splashes in the middle distance. <laughs> Fundamentally, the scenario is that I don't I, I don't know if it's a Captain Planet or a Zeitgeist sort of thing, or there are actually these people wandering around Gen Con, because all of these things are marginally possible. But yes, the aliens turn up, point exciting glow stick uh, powered weapons at people, destroy a few monuments. Do they have any monuments in... Indianapolis? Uh, yeah, there's, okay, cool. um, there's, there's, a, there's a great big statue of Abraham Lincoln. Ooh, that would be great. That would, that, that, I mean, for, for all I know, the guy was very tall. It may actually be life-size. But... <laughs> yes, that, 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 that hat puts a, a few dozen feet on someone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's a few monuments. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them looks a little bit like a Stargate, so that's quite fun. Ooh, nice. Definitely. Well, 
but you, know, you never know. You never know. That could be the the source of the impending peril. But showy alien invasion, not even as subtle as Independence Day sort of stuff. They blow up monuments because they're there, they're aliens, and they have sci-fi beware. The people who come out to fight them very much resemble the manner in history of certain role-playing games. Maybe they're 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 rallying. They're like the 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 heroic folks rallying the gamers in Gen Con to strike back and, and setting up this like this, uh, this immediate resistance because they know what's going on. This is, this, is, this is their time. And each of them, as I said, resembles kind of an archetype based on the game. And the ones that I've come up with so far would be a bombastic big game hunter, very popular, but very divisive, respected, have been around for a long time. Maybe maybe not just one, maybe a band of almost indistinguishable brothers with their own little little tweaks and so forth. The trouble is they're just they're just a bit out of touch. Kind of that, that slightly racist uncle vibe. They're, they're, <laughs> they're good in a fight, but the thing is their 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 leadership qualities are a little bit little bit dubious. I think you can make your guesses at the end of this, so I'll see how you're doing. Somebody who could be descri- described as your crazy meth cook cousin, heavily armed, but also weirdly into new age conspiratorial stuff. Paranoid I'm as all hell. notes. <laughs> Not really a team player, but can make a very impressive distraction. Mm-hmm. The third one is that pale, creepy AF guy. Seems to understand the enemy just a little too well. Would rather run away than fight. Very difficult to trust. The fourth one is surprisingly dangerous science nerd. Knows things. Will be the first to suggest atomic, bacterial, or chemical options. Full of trivia about weapons from various ages. Good with statistics. Okay. Number five. The weird hot topic kid. Total edgelord who has studied the blade. Halfway decent with computers. And may also go gloriously berserk at a dramatic moment. Alright. And the sixth one is a charismatic and hip individual. Socially conscious, great at building bridges, but can be very easily distracted. And may not be taking the threat of the aliens as seriously as everyone else. Lives for drama. And gets oddly excited when things go wrong. May be creepily attracted to the aliens. Okay. Would you like to posit some guesses? Because, yes, they should be super obvious. <laughs> eh, I don't know. I feel like the first one is probably the D&D family. Indeed. The second one, I felt, is possibly Palladium slash Rifts. Bingo. Didn't really get anything for the third one. The fourth one, I feel, is probably Wargaming. Uh, okay, what's, what's your fifth? Fifth, <laughs> I didn't get any one. And the, the sixth, I was wondering if it's Social Deduction Games. All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna write down so you can tell me what social deduction games are going forward. I, I'm, I'm thinking the the, the are you a werewolf? Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, werewolf. Yeah. I wasn't. I was miscellaneous a... werewolf. Secret Hitler. Two rooms. And anyway, there's a rich tapestry. Rich tapestry. Um, rich tapestry. The third one. The creepy AF guy is Call of Cthulhu. I wondered about Call of Cthulhu, but I couldn't quite make it work in my head. Would rather run than fight. That was kind of what made me think Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. We, we, we can workshop these. Surprisingly dangerous science nerd is GURPS. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) Because they will have... They have started... Like... Everything. Everything. (laughs) Up to and including rabbits. Yeah, yeah. And they they have... They have rules for sarin gas and 
backpack nuclear weapons and shit. It's like, yeah, that's that's a deep well. Right, to be fair, Quags has the damage listed for the cathedral port. Right. I managed to assemble that word and, and, and parse it out. That's handy. <laughs> I think it's plus 55. Philip? Mm. Weird hot topic, kid. You sure you didn't pick that one? Which one was weird hot topic, kid? Was that the fifth one? Yep. I, maybe the whole white wolf thing? Yes. Right, okay. I'll be honest, I'm a bit hazy on what hot topics sell. I, I have wandered past the hot topic store, and it was just a... I, I did wander in, realize I didn't really understand what they were marketing, <laughs> who they were selling it to, but I was pretty sure it wasn't me. And so I just quietly wandered out before I embarrassed myself. Indeed. The sixth one is Apocalypse World. Uh, and, okay, yeah. And, and it's many... The, it, many, many variants. Well, the, the, the Apocalypse Engine is more a, an approach than mm. than a strict set of rules or statistics. So it, it it is a it is a big a big church. But um yeah, mm. it, if anyone is going to be weirdly horny for um aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Or to be fair, may not may not be considering aliens to the to be the uh, the immediate threat. So yeah. Not all the other players exist. <laughs> this is true. Alright, so you've got a game in which these stereotypes of gamerdom well, not game. Are this... rallying the forces. Serious types of games are rallying the forces in order to um, to battle the weirdly monument obsessed aliens. The monument lasers is a, is a trope thing, but yes, it, it would if you're if you're traveling at this um, depth of absurdity. Yes, it, it's the kind of thing that happens. Yeah, and it's less of a stereo- it's less of a stereotype of gamers, more of a stereotype of my experience of these ga- these sorts of games. So, hopefully that as a game, I'd probably use something like um, Fate Accelerated to be honest as a game system because you could very easily d- distinguish who was going to be um, forceful and who was going to be sneaky. That's fair, and uh, the whole aspects thing would definitely help. Mm, mm. when it came to, as it were, rallying the forces. And I see these more as archetypes or avatars mm. of features of the, the these genres of games more than aspects of the people. But, you know, that also feeds into it. Who would the players be in this context? Are they the archetypes or are they the... I, I think if you're playing a, a comedy game, you get to play the archetypes and they can get to really indulge in, in some of the uh, the identifying behaviour of the of the uh, the game. I do kind of want to be what one of them to be somebody in denim bib fronted overalls with a authentic train engineer hat. I did consider putting like Mech Warrior down and kind of to to kind of cover the, the um actually uh, actually capable of doing engineering s- quite obsessed with detail wargamer type mm. yeah, de- can definitely drive light construction equipment things like <laughs> and other sorts of things be useful person to have their team which at Gen Con is going to be hilarious because yeah. the the, in- the convention center has very big corridors <laughs> yes and those little electric truck things that you see at airports to drive around in and scissor jacks and all manner of stuff-moving equipment. Hmm. So if at some point there is not some kind of bizarre cavalry charge with a bunch of electric trucks 
and people using, I don't know, scaffolding poles as lances. Have you really, really played the game at all? Indeed. Cool. Nice. Okay. Not, not monstrously offensive? I do not believe so. Not monstrously offensive enough. <laughs> not monstrously offensive enough. We could do more. And hopefully, with the help of the, uh, the long-suffering audience, we will. What are some of the other archetypes that we've missed here, people? Mm, indeed. I mean, you could, you could get... I was trying to be pretty general. You could get into the weeds, the, the distinction between the, the, the D&D brothers. They're, they're, they have several generations of um, terrible tales that they could each embody. And the unacknowledged cousins true, of Pathfinder... True. Yes, there's there's a there's a there's a rich tapestry. You could get very very weird here. Yeah, you could yeah you could you could go into like a full on, like Dallas up family, internecine struggle, in in that sort mm. of in that universe of Dungeons and Dragons family squabbles. That would that'd be a different thing to do. I would absolutely use an apocalypse engine game for that. Because yes, then you've got the unacknowledged siblings, uh, sibling that is Pathfinder, and then their yeah, their relative Starfinder. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I actually wouldn't. I wouldn't say that that Pathfinder and Starfinder are unacknowledged so much. That would be like the the uh, like the D twenty offshoot that have been kind of hired back to be like chauffeurs oh, yeah. and, and gardeners yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're within the sphere of the family but not really only just <laughs> only just yes they, they, okay they, yeah Bathra and Starfinder might be stepkids or something similar but yes they would be uh, they're, they're, they're the other branch of the family indeed indeed so yes that was my horrible idea I like your horrible idea well it did not trample all over my horrible idea so that's mm. nice good so yes, my, my first horrible idea. Oh, I think we we need to acknowledge that there is the slight but very real possibility that somebody made an error in transcribing, probably me, <laughs> um, and that this was actually supposed to be only stalwart gamers can stop them. Uh, but I decided to take it literally because it's funnier. Craig, what in what world where though where that could with the original thing and you would have made a typographical error in transcribing it? That seems just so unlikely. <laughs> About every five minutes in my job, but who's counting? Uh, it's code, it doesn't count. <laughs> it really does if it's Python and it's case sensitive. Took six bloody hours to track that one down. <laughs> um, so, aliens have landed at Gen Con. Only stalwart games can stop them. So, what I have is, is this. The alien invasion fleet has arrived. They, recognising that... Orbital bombardment is wasteful and expensive, and long drawn out space battles are equally wasteful and expensive. Long ago, came to a system where what would happen is a symbolic combat, a, a symbolic competition between the the most loyal of each side, and that would kind of clear the way for um, the invasion and takeover. So, so a ba- battle by proxy with champions on either side. Indeed. Battle by proxy, champions, and they assume that everybody does things the exact same way that they do. Who knew they were the British Empire? (laughs) And so they have turned up. They are looking for the, the Earth's representative, because again, they assume that, well, we've got our monolithic planet spanning culture. 
Obviously these guys must because that's just how it works. <laughs> Owing to a translation error or some not not a hundred percent understanding things, so they're looking for their, their most the most loyal earthling to engage in a competition, which ends them up at Gen Con looking for the newly formed company Stalwart Games hmm. in their little ten by ten booth selling the two or three gaming products that they've put together and wondering who the hell this really weird aggro cosplayer is who is marching towards them through the uh, vendor hall bellowing some incomprehensible challenge. I am, largely because this idea already makes me think of the Thermians, I am thinking that the character, the adversary from Galaxy Quest, I can't recall his name by now, it was I remember the actor's name was Robin Sachs, but I can't remember the character's name. He basically looked like like the evil grasshopper from Bugs. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm 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 hazy on the system you would use. I think in this context the players are the employees, possibly also owner operators, because let's face it, they're probably a very small backyard operation of mm-hmm. stalwart games who suddenly find themselves in the situation of getting this challenge from this cosplayer who's obviously been inhaling just a little bit too many latex fumes, Mm. and then realizing that this is actually serious. There's an actual problem here, and apparently they have been challenged to a competition for the fate of the Earth. Again, back to Galaxy Quest, but the the Captain Nesbeth moment, or is it the character was Jason Nesbeth? I should know this better. It is one of the, the the most holy texts of our people. The bit where he where they figure maybe maybe one of them was contacted like uh, with a date and a time, uh, you know, some sort of grainy internet chat. It's like okay, whatever, whatever, dude. <laughs> and the, the the towering alien entity strides up and they go, oh. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh I, my! I, I accidentally accepted the challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I'm really, really appreciating this idea. This it seems. Yeah, maybe, maybe the, the the aliens are very well. They have a, a a fine martial tradition. They do admire wit and, and, and intellect, and framed as games of a sort. So maybe they like maybe like the Ian M. Banks Player of Games book. Yep. But yeah, they 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 like to make it a bit more of a well, maybe the idea of people meeting to play games is like oh naturally this is where all big decisions are resolved this is this is in our culture this would make sense so they've arrived I've inter- identified somebody and gone right we challenge you for the fate of the planet it's like whoop what <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course they have the um, apocalyptic space weaponry to back that up. <laughs> Yes, this is one of these ones where you're not going to be able to weasel out of it. On the other hand, you get to pick the game. Hmm. As I, I think, think as the challenged party, you would get to pick the game, so that buys you a little bit of time. I'm admittedly a bit hazy on how how the gameplay would play out. Whether because a game about playing a game doesn't strike me as very interesting. So I suspect that most of the the fun in this one lies in all the stuff wrapped around it. You know, it's a bit like a bit like an RPG about a sports tournament 
Mm. The actual game really isn't the point. It's all the extra stuff. It's it's trying to get the aliens drunk to get information out of them. It's can we can we nick their teleporter um, uh, key without noticing? Can we get them on side? Can we get them addicted to Magic the Gathering? Hypothetically. <laughs> War is hard, man. War is hard. Indeed. Uh, the idea is not to play out blow by blow the the actions within the game, but to, to frame the the way that you... the, the things around it. Maybe they're, they're scrupulously fair. Like, okay, we've, we've, by our estimation, we are even we are even on this point. But of course, the, the, the real game is making sure that you have the advantages you don't otherwise. It strikes me that, again, one of the fate variants wouldn't be the worst idea in the world for this, because this is, to a certain extent, the game of how do we stack the deck in favour of our guy? Though I suspect there are other systems that will do that just as well. Mm, no, actually, I think fate's a pretty a pretty important one. Something, especially maybe something that has a built-in sort of social political component. It, I, I, mm. I would probably set up as that there are there are teams, there are organisations on both sides, and as you. And as you play it, you as, as as some rounds are played out, you reduce the, the the valid contenders on each team until you've got a head to head one. But in the interim, ah. so you're trying to you're you're trying to force them to to basically have the team member who is not as good at the certain game to be the the, the ultimate contest and to to arrange it like that. And in the meantime, you're trying to figure out okay, so what's these guys deal? What are they? What are they? Mm. What are they good at? What are they not so good at? And figure figure that out during the course of the other games and the and the downtime in between. Who is their weakest link? How do we get that mm. person to the head of the table? Yes. The, sorry, I'm just. So I just had a classic like Terran Trade Authority art vision of a gigantic floating meeple wreathed in clouds hovering over a city. Nice. Like it. <laughs> that one actually may work uh, work well for the, the second and much, much sillier idea. <laughs> okay. Because the second and much, much sillier idea is basically aliens have landed at Gen Con. Possibly in their meeple-shaped spaceship. I had initially thought maybe they've landed on the roof, but now I think they just blew a hole in the roof of Lucas Oil Stadium and landed on the field, squashing some gaming tables... Scorching the turf, etc. Mm-hmm. The aliens have landed. The aliens are marching out of their ship. They're going to go out there and it's an invasion. The forces of presumably the men in black are responding, but it's going to take time. Mm. And so the game is basically how do we divert and distract and turn around and possibly just completely um, subvert these aliens for long enough so that the folks who could deal with them turn up. And so I'm basically thinking of this as very much kind of a, a narrative comedy tactical game. Because in a, in a stand-up fight, it's alien invaders in their giant wreath and clouds floating meeple ship versus a bunch of people at a, um, a gaming convention. Granted, Indiana does have concealed carry, but I still don't think that's going to help that much. Indeed. So it's going to be distraction time. It's going to be a, hey, we need an extra person for our game of blah. Or, have you ever tried, are you a werewolf? 
Or you look like the sort of person who would really enjoy playing in giant robo rally. <laughs> uh, possibly even awesome costume. We've got a costume parade in five minutes. You should totally come along. Indeed. System. I'm not sure. Sounds like it would suit a happy version of Fiasco, which yeah, I feel dirty just saying that, but yeah. Yeah, happy version of. I was wondering if you could come up with a very cheerful version of of the mechanic from Zombie Cinema, Ooh, yeah. where you know, effectively, you kind of reverse it, but you're you're effectively trying to tie things up to the point that the the men in black catch up with you. Mm. Yes, the sort of things get more cheerful and under control rather than spiraling into doom and biting. Indeed. Hmm. So yes, that, that was idea number two, and the the f- giant floating meeple ship is just hilarious. It's a very specific. Somebody Foss, I think, the uh, the uh, the artist I'm thinking of, but the Chris Foss. Yeah, yeah, yeah the um, where everything is 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 like uh, or- ornamental with tiny antenna and so forth, and you're seeing it from a vast distance. Um, and bright colours and sort of curved, so that everything hmm. the the Douglas Adams comment of. You know, looks looks a little bit like a high tech running shoe. Yeah, yeah. Also, it was a very very clean, very um, also oddly oddly slightly organic in design, if not if not construction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's definitely Chris Foss. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, that would that would be interesting. And the idea that yes, the aliens are here. If we keep them busy, maybe they'll share some of their cool toys with us. <laughs> yeah, and not destroy everything. Yes, also a bonus. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, no, I like that. That's a good one too. I like the notion of kind of, I don't know if anyone's attempted to do this, but making a, my brain wants to say candy ass version of Fiasco or something, where people accept they're here for a, a, a to, to have a good time and you start with a, what sort of genre movie would that be like? It's like Blazing Saddles or something like that, it's... where... Well, you start it, it's off... almost a farce. It's but but it's a, it's a farce rather than with with the stakes decrease so much it becomes even more farcical. Mm. Yeah, you, you, or you something like um, uh, the Sylvester Stallone gangster movie. What was that called? Oscar. Oscar. Where they're all tough guy gangsters, but you know you start revealing more and more things about you know he's taking elocution lessons and his. And and they, they mistakenly, someone mistakenly thinks the tailors are assassins and things, but it all becomes just wildly controlled. Yeah. Yeah, so sort of a, I'm not sure whether this is a Zucker, Abrams, Zucker sort of movie, but it would be shelved near them, as it were. Yes, yes. A very, it's a very specific audience for that sort of thing, but yeah. Hmm. Hmm. All right, well, those, those were my ideas. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. And uh, that is what we will laughably call our ideas for this one. Mm-hmm. The, the polls have closed for episode 130, and uh, we are delighted to announce that the prompt for episode 130 of The Big Red Couch is, I owe it all to my digital wristwatch. That's a uh, very nostalgia-driven one, I think. <laughs> Coming to us from the, the, the long-suffering listener, Taz. Indeed. Thank you, Taz. I, I am actually trying to think of the last time I wore something that could be described as just being a digital wristwatch. Indeed. It's been a, a, a hot minute since I've worn a watch of any sort, so, yeah. Mm. yeah I've got a smartwatch, which 
I got from hotel points, which means that I own a piece of exercise equipment that I got by sleeping. Cool. Yeah, I was, I was quite pleased with that. Hotel loyalty points are brilliant. Indeed, indeed. Yes, a smartwatch, strictly speaking, has digital components, but it's not really a digital watch, is it? Mm. Yeah. It is certainly not one of those horrifying plasticky Casio things that would leave a uh, grotty mark on your uh, your wrist. Or if you wore them for long enough, started to kind of bury themselves in your wrist, as I believe HR Geiger discovered. I'm going to assume that was entirely isolated to... Um... That one weird guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was wearing it a lot. I think it was just an allergic reaction. Like, it wasn't actually the, the watch was burrowing in. It's more that the flesh was burrowing out. But, um, yeah. Thank you for that sentence. Yeah. When did yeah. this podcast become Cronenbergian body horror? Was it just this episode, or...? Well, there has been a little bit of body horror in this episode, to be fair. There, there was John's comments about the extra buttholes from the previous yes, episode. Yes, that was supernumerary and all. So, yeah. Indeed. Not, not to horror, horror shame you, or body shame you in any way. Indeed. <laughs> and frankly, my regular butthole is super enough. That did not land as well as I thought it was going to. I'm going to be honest. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Right, it's done. So after that, that Stick a fork in it. Moment, uh, <laughs> yep, we've, we've killed it. All right. So, what's left is to announce the options for the poll for episode one hundred and thirty-one of the Big Red Couch. Dun, dun, dun. So, we have malevolent immediacy. It's apparently collectively our fault. A perennial favourite at this point. If we don't go there, who will? Fraught silence. Apparently not us. Submitted by Burning. Oh yes, submitted by Burning. Can I submit the entire documentary of Tickled as a prompt for the box? From Trigger Happy 938. I mean, the answer to that one is obviously yes, though not a lot of people are voting for it, which Mm, mm. makes me wonder what they know about that documentary that we don't. I have heard a fair amount about it. It's... It goes deeper than you expect, and yeah, the uh, the documentarian in question has done some exciting stuff here in New Zealand and abroad. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with the idea of deep tickling, but okay. You would know at this point, I guess. Uh, you, you. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and the, the newest contender, apparently this is my fault, is we have had multiple donkey upgrades at this point. Indeed. So, I don't remember the context of that one, if such a comment can be said to have context, which I think we could all agree is a bit dubious. For some reason, I'm associated with those terrible comments you made about sex goals, but I don't know why. I do not remember those comments. <laughs> and therefore they did not happen. It's probably for the best for everybody. So, yeah. so those are the options. Indeed. Vote early, vote often. Or... I'm now going to count backwards from five, and when you wake, you will remember none of this. <laughs> Might be the more merciful option. Good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> count backwards from one. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our episode. And an extra special thank you to Frank, Kevin, Tom, and the Eskenazi Health Hospital for getting my co-host back to us safely that we can record this episode. And also, thank you very much to John for stepping in at well and truly the last minute uh, when it became apparent that there was no way in hell I was recording anything. To be fair, your phone and like 
situation was pretty dodgy to start with. We'll probably be a bit more prepared next time. Get some people in advance. <laughs> to be fair, on this trip, almost everything but Gen Con did have something go wrong with it. Indeed. You had some, you had some good games and everything uh, else went... Brilliant games, did not have a bad game. But yeah, the flight to Dublin was delayed. Only just got onto the flight to Chicago... Chicago airport transit system wasn't working. The transit to the train station had a bus section on it that possibly went via Cleveland, given how long we were on that damn bus. Quite a few things went wrong. On the other hand, I can say that uh, a transatlantic flight in uh, Delta One class, which is basically their first class option, when you're not being charged for it, because instead your uh, travel insurer has decided you need an upgrade for the flight home, that's pretty cool. Wasn't able to take advantage of the uh, free wine, courtesy of um, antibiotics, but still, the principle was there. Oh, yeah. And Craig has once again convinced me that my no travel, don't leave the house, Hobbiton's pride approach to life might not be the worst in the world. I mean, it is supported by the evidence. The evidence to be fair. The evidence is, is, is weirdly compelling. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Don't travel, kids, or your guts will explode. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. It's a it's a it's a dangerous thing going out your door and <laughs> sometimes your small intestine. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. I'm just thinking of the, the existence of the book Up the Elementary Canal with Gun and Camera, but um yeah. You keep referencing that and that might be part of the curse, to be honest. But That seems likely. The only place we can go now is bye bye <laughs> and we will see you all next time. Bye now. Bye-bye. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time.